I love recruiting season. Last weekend was the first big one of official visits. And yeah, we have a lot more coming up this month, guys. So where do the Miami Hurricanes stand? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus. I'm a South Florida sports radio vet for many years. I'm getting old, uh, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you guys so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. We're available free. Wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So make sure you smash that like button. So we had a ton of official visits this past week. We got a ton more coming up this month, including a five-star defensive lineman who's visiting this weekend. The possibilities, my friend. And that's why we have our weekly chats with the man himself, John Garcia Jr., Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. John, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, like you said, it's it's a busy time of year. A lot of visits, uh, a lot of movement on the calendar for, for these top recruits. So always fun to talk uh, talk recruiting with you. And it's funny because whenever um, we get the exit reports out of the official visits, it always makes all of us feel like, oh, that was a tremendous visit. This guy's coming. Because I guess like most of the visits are going to be good, all right? And the big three that we had last weekend – were safety Jaden Bonsu, edge rusher Tamir Robinson, and offensive tackle Olaus Alinen. And John, it sounded to me especially like Alinen had a legitimately excellent visit. I'm not saying the other visits weren't excellent, but it really sounded like Cristobal, Mirabal, Miami made an impression on Alinen and his family. His family stuck around South Florida for another week, probably to see the sights. Unfortunately, the weather's been awful this past week, so I don't know what they were planning on doing, if it was a lot of outside stuff. But, you know, uh, obviously Miami needs to load up on the offensive line. What can you tell us about this player who's uh, playing his high school ball in Connecticut and what he could bring to the table? Yeah, a massive uh, Finnish prospect uh, playing in Connecticut, as you mentioned. Uh, and look, this is what, what we expected, right? Two things we expected when this staff took over. One, a critical refocus on, on South Florida recruiting, keeping local kids home at, at every position, and kind of this bridge to, okay, the O-line recruiting in particular will uptick, right? I mean, every O-lineman you talk to is like, how cool is it that Mario Cristobal is a head coach, but he's an O-line guy, right? There's there's not a lot of those uh, in college football, you know, immediately coming to mind. It's Cristobal, it's Sam Pittman, not a whole lot of others in that realm. Uh, so certainly you expected top targets to get on campus at the position, and eventually you expect that staff to land some top linemen. Um, and when you're considering who, you know, Olis is, is competing with relative to Miami, it's the heavyweights, right? It's Alabama, who everyone kind of believes is is the team to beat in, in this race. And Miami, you know, made its impression over the weekend. There is no doubt. I think relative to all the schools in the mix here, um, it's, it's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's schools that are in college towns. Miami offers a city feel. Um, and this kid's from Helsinki. This is That's the capital. That's the metro of Finland. So you understand why... The parents stuck around. You understand why the first impression, I believe this is his first visit to Miami, you understand why it resonates because it is somewhat familiar. It's diverse. It's modern. 
it is something progressive uh, that maybe he doesn't get to see on basically all of these other campuses. You know, Columbus, Ohio, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, they don't have that same metro appeal. So I think from a, a wide scope, you know, something like that really matters to a kid like this. And again, we get into international recruiting, it becomes less about program prestige and history. And it's more about today. It's about the relationships. It's about the feel, the, the first impression uh, that, that a kid and or his family can get. So it looks like Miami hit just about all of those marks over the weekend with this visit. Uh, he is going back to Bama this weekend. So the, the perceived favorite will get him right back on campus. But what a stark difference from visiting Coral Gables and, and South Florida to, to Tuscaloosa and Western Alabama. I don't know how many people realize it's in the western part of the state. That's how irrelevant no that, that has been, right? Exactly. So, yeah, Mississippi is like right around the corner. So it's totally different uh, from, from an optical perspective. Uh, and then again, you know, when you're sitting down with Cristobal, when you're sitting down with Alex Mirabal, you're going to get an education on, on the position. They've been everywhere. They coached it near the highest level. They've sent kids to the highest level on a relatively consistent basis. That stuff absolutely matters uh, in college football recruiting, regardless of, of where the kid's from. So you got the best of both worlds to me. You know, a longstanding relationship that does date back to the Oregon days, but now you get the first visit impression in a metro diverse city uh, that feels, I mean, more European certainly than any city uh, on his list of, of schools that we expect him to visit. So. Interesting uh, to see where Miami's move was made, uh, but now we'll see how, how it goes when, when he goes up to Tuscaloosa and thereafter, some of these other, you know, blue blood programs that, that are, are expected to host him for an official visit. We might have just stumbled upon the headline for this episode. Miami is more European than Tuscaloosa. <laughs> like, <laughs> Shocking, I know, I know. At least, <laughs> at, least, at least in certain principles. I don't want to yeah. make it a blanket statement, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, go ahead and say there's a little bit more to do. Yeah, yeah, downtown Tuscaloosa feels just like Helsinki, I'm sure. I've, I've never been to Tuscaloosa or Helsinki, so I can't really comment on that. Uh, now, we've already done this week on Locked on Canes deep dives on the current position groups, defensive line and running back. So I wanted to talk about recruiting on those position groups with John Garcia Jr. Miami's got a big fish on campus this weekend. Friday, uh, his official visit starts, and that's David Hicks, five-star defensive lineman from the state of Texas. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was complaining to John because I was looking at, at Hicks's 24-7 uh, profile and it said his interest <laughs> in Miami was cool. And I'm like, if it's cool, is he just coming for a free trip to Miami? Why is he visiting? That's been upgraded to warm. So now his interest is considered warm. Uh, quite frankly, John, this is one of the best players in the country, at least on paper. Uh, you know, well, where do you think David Hicks's mind is at right now? And, and what type of a player is he if Miami can land him? Yeah, I'll start with the latter, Alex. You know, this is a, a versatile inside out defensive lineman. He's got pass rushing prowess. He's been at the biggest schools in, in the state of Texas. He's got production uh, behind his name as well. Uh, just a modern, uh, versatile defensive lineman who's, you know, a pass rusher, but he's got a bigger frame so he can slide inside and, and continue to push the pocket uh, from the interior, which is which is really ideal in just about any uh, defensive scheme, including what Miami wants to run under uh, Kevin Steele. But yeah, his recruitment has, has had a lot of uh, peaks and valleys for certain programs. As you mentioned, I guess the perception in, in a, to a degree was, was not high 
with Miami. But but look, he's been on campus before. This is something that uh, this official had been planned for quite some time. Uh, so it, it becoming public, I think, you know, it's starting to change that perception with Miami. But, but this is a national recruit. This isn't a kid who's relegated to Texas and Texas A&M and Baylor and those schools. Those, some of them are in it. Uh, but he's long been thinking about other programs, particularly those uh, with the color green, Michigan State, Oregon, and Miami feel like the three schools out of Texas, outside of the state of Texas, that have gotten some traction with this kid. He's well-traveled, as we mentioned. He's already visited all the schools on his list. So this will be a return to Coral Gables. But but again, when it's an official visit, it, it does hit different. You get more time on campus. It's more intimate. Uh, and obviously, you, you get to, to see the city a, a whole lot more. Uh, and as you guys know, in, in South Florida, uh, you need a, a lot of time to move around in South Florida. So yeah. depending on what the plan is, traffic-wise and all that, an official visit enables you a little bit more flexibility in some of that planning. But, you know, on the surface level, uh, Hicks is, is a top, top-tier uh, type of recruit. So even getting a visit is a big deal, in my opinion. Won't be easy to pull him out of Texas, but again, He's taken a lot of trips uh, to schools pretty far away. Uh, so Miami will, will not feel foreign to him uh, in any way, shape, or form. He doesn't appear to be in a rush. Uh, so the timing of this visit isn't like a, an amazing strength or a huge weakness in the Miami angle. But it is another chance uh, for, for that hurricane angle to be hammered home. Because I do think that when you're talking about new coaching staffs, there's, there's a lot more unknowns relative to like the Texas A&M angle for him, uh, you know, for example. So certainly never a small deal when a kid like David Hicks is, is visiting campus. Now Miami's in the mix for one of the top running backs in the class of 2023. And I've noticed Miami's in the mix for a lot of players in the Orlando area. It's like, I guess we're trying to move when Howard Schnellenberger talked about the state of Miami, let's move that fence even above the city of Orlando. Now uh, everyone in my audience wants to talk about Cedric Baxter, Orlando Edgewater, four-star running back, third-ranked running back in his class. Do you think Miami can pull this off? And they're already loaded at running back, but I'm greedy. I want more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? You know, this is this is a kid who's, who's long had Miami at the forefront of his recruitment. One-time Florida State commitment, so if you do pull it off, you get that feather right. in the cap added to it uh, as well. Um, and look, this is another one that's gone national. Orlando kid, as, as you mentioned, from, from Edgewater. But he just went crazy in 2021 on the field, like 1,800 yards, a billion touchdowns. Uh, so everybody, you know, jumped back in on Cedric Baxter. He's this big back who, who's, you know, 6'1", 6'2", over 200 pounds. So you think he's this big physical downhill guy, and he shows some of that. But, I mean, he's one of the best pass-catching and most fleet-of-foot running backs in the class. Think think Le'Veon Bell, Najee Harris, and, and kind of the – the comparisons there. Uh, so naturally, his recruitment has, has hit an apex, and Alabama's jumped in. Uh, Texas, Texas A&M uh, jumped in. Everybody wants to to shoot their shot with Baxter, but you know he's long been a fan of of Mario Cristobal, and, and particularly what he's doing now at Miami. He feels that buzz. He's been on campus uh, in the past, uh, so we expect him to return at some point for an official. I think he's going to Texas this weekend. So certainly. Yeah. You know, the Longhorns and, and, and Tashar Choice, which is a former NFL running back who's getting a lot of traction in terms of running back recruiting as an assistant coach at Texas. You know, they'll, they'll get to uh, push forward with him. Uh, but we do expect him to take his time with the process, get back to Miami at some point. Saw him at a camp in Orlando, uh, rocking Miami gear not too long ago. So uh, he's certainly a fan of, of the program. And, and we know um, 
that's one where as the season kicks off, if he's still uncommitted, which is probably the expectation, that's where that first impression on the field could be important. You just mentioned it. Miami's loaded at running back, right? So we expect that to be a strength of the program, even with Tyler Van Dyke's sort of Heisman hype starting to build. Uh, we expect the running game to be kind of the foundation of what Miami does in 2022. So presenting that to a back like Cedric Baxter, I think, uh, will be a pretty big deal uh, relative to where he starts to choose because he's looking at a lot of schools that are, you know, relatively early in their in their head coaching tenure. So I think that will be uh, critical to see. Um, and then, you know, to see how these other visits shake out. You know, Alabama's become an emerging threat uh, for him. Uh, but really, Miami's been one of those that's been in the ballgame for for quite a long time, uh, as far as we can tell. Um, and they're in that top five, which is a pretty diverse and national uh, top five. I think of the in-state schools, they've probably got the best chance to keep him home, uh, which is a big deal uh, in and of itself, um, especially when it's maybe the best running back in the country. So uh, Miami's in great in a great spot here relative to his timeline. If that starts to change, you know, you pivot there with the perception. But again, we expect more trips to Coral Gables. Um, they were in town for spring practice. You know, his dad told 24-7 that Miami had the best spring practice that, that they they saw. Mm. Um, so he's they're, they're, the family's a big fan of just the, the program, the organization style that Mario Cristobal has brought to Miami. And, and we hear that elsewhere, right? We hear that, you know, there's a different energy, um, but it, it's, it can't just be hype and music and, and momentum. It's gotta be structured and productive. And, and that's something that uh, Baxter's family has seen. Unbelievable info. And everybody in my audience has been asking me about Cedric Baxter. Uh, we're also going to talk here with John Garcia from Sports Illustrated, who joins us for SI's director of football recruiting. We are going to talk about the now official edition of Roland Smith. Uh, they've made it official. He's on the staff and a couple of other important recruits out there, including another one from the Orlando area. They're coming out of the woodwork. We'll talk about that right after we talk about Bet Online. It's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. I'm on there literally every day. Find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup. Yes, my friends, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. I'm always on there checking the college football futures, like over under eight and a half for Miami's wins this coming year. Bet Online is your cons your continued source for all your sporting wagering info, including live betting, which is a game changer, esports, and more. So head on over to their website today. You can also use your mobile device uh, to get that website and learn more about the trends and action. Bet online. It's betonline.net, where the game starts. Hey, we have an important favor to ask of you guys. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast like this one even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. So go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. How about that? To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you so much for your help. Alex Dono alongside John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated. So, John, uh, we've, we've known since February, I think mid-February, that Roland Smith, former Miami Central head coach, also former Miami Hurricanes player, so he's back home, uh, that he was going to have a role on the staff under Mario Cristobal. It was officially announced midweek, the director of high school relations. And so Cristobal's putting together 
an impressive staff. And for anyone like outside of the South Florida community, you're like, what's this Roland Smith all about? Oh, he's a South Florida freaking legend. He's an absolute legend. And so now it's like you've got Alonzo Highsmith, who among other things does the NFL relations. And now you got Roland Smith, who does the high school relations. I mean, what do you expect that he's really already been doing it for a few months, but what do you expect that role to entail? And what can Roland Smith add to recruiting? It's kind of fitting, right? You know, the whole uh, pursuit of names alone has been head-turning uh, down at the U. And and you mentioned Highsmith uh, and Roland together. They both come from those ranks, right? So if Highsmith's the director of the NFL relations, he's coming from the NFL. And obviously Roland is coming from the high school ranks. So it, it makes a lot of sense there. He's got experience all over the place. You know, that role is, is a versatile one. On the surface level, you are building relationships with high school coaches. And if, if what we talked about at the beginning of today's show is important, keeping South Florida kids home, you got to build uh, some of these relationships, particularly with high school coaches, because in South Florida, there's a lot of movement. It, it just kind of is what it is. So a name that everyone knows uh, that many have interacted with to kind of center it and say, hey, you know, let's let's stay on the same page. Let's keep in contact. I think Roland Smith will do a, a really good job at that. He's, it feels like he's been in South Florida his whole life so that those relationships will certainly uh, be fostered and pushed uh, a little bit further. Um, so on the surface level, it's it's that, right? You're the first point of contact. You're developing those relationships. But uh, on the secondary level, when it comes to recruiting, it's so important from an organizational perspective to to have these positions filled out with people who know what they're doing because it's it's really hard to host a bunch of camps and official visitors and game day visitors and, and your hundreds and really thousands of kids are cycling through Coral Gables in a given calendar year. So organizing them in a strategic way relative to what they're looking for, the time of year, the weather, the game, the camp, et cetera, it is really a, a big job. Uh, and that's something that's becoming more important in college football recruiting in general, positioning yourself for the right visit or having a kid come at the right time relative to whatever he's got going on in his life or his family's life, et cetera. So the little things we don't talk about, you know, after visits or um, commitments or anything like that, you know, that's kind of what, what this role is going to be for Roland Smith. And then the plus for it is when you do get kids on campus, now he's helping you recruit from a traditional perspective. Yeah. And again, kids resonate with people who have been there and done that. And when it comes to high level high school football in South Florida, there are few who have been there and done that as well as, as Roland Smith has. So that alone, when kids do make it to Coral Gables, will be a huge push in the right direction uh, for Miami. So you see it from every angle, right? A lot of NFL names and, and folks that people know, um, certainly many with a ton of college experience, but also those who have who have done and made their mark uh, at the high school level, which is is not to be undersold in, in this equation because most high school rec- or most top level recruits are high school guys. So that's a, that's well said. Now, so Roland Smith, he's got the Miami Central connection. Miami recruiting a defensive lineman from Miami Central in Reuben Bain. It's a Kane's legacy. Uh, I think 100% of the crystal balls have him coming to Miami. I'm not sure why he hasn't verbally committed yet. Like, what are you waiting for, dude? But uh, he's pretty much a lock, right? It feels that way. I mean, it's not over. He's still taking visits. Uh, I think he's at Auburn this coming weekend. Um, Alabama's hosted him recently. I think they're going to get another trip out of him. So when when you make like 29 sacks or whatever he did last year, people are going to try to pull you out 
regardless of your legacy status to, to the local school. Uh, and, and like you said, Roland Smith's just another connection for him um, within the program. You know, he's, he's been to campus uh, a bunch of times, I think several days in a row in the spring, he just popped over uh, really for, for no reason other than to just hang out. So as, as familiar as he is and as comfortable as he is at Miami, yeah, you do feel like it's kind of a lock and, and that still exists in college football recruiting, although it's like a, it's almost like a cardinal sin to say that word in our industry. Like nobody's a lock, I but know. Th- there are locks uh, in this industry. Look, the kid's doing his due diligence. He's taking these these other visits. You, you certainly expect that, especially when it's high level programs, SEC programs. You, you get it and you understand it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Miami's going to be very tough to beat uh, for, for Ruben Bain in the end. And look, they need. He checks multiple boxes, right? They need more pass rushers because you always do. It's just it's the nature of college football. And he certainly checks the, the local star box. I mean, this is maybe the most feared player in South Florida over the last couple of years. And, and that's in, in, in even being in that conversation is a massive deal because of the talent that comes out of South Florida. So, yeah, I think that would be a huge perceptional lift if and when he commits to the Canes. And I'd be quite surprised if he ended up elsewhere, uh, even with, like I said, the official to Auburn and maybe going up to Alabama, whatever it is, it would be surprising if he signs with, with another program. Now, uh, another uh, Orlando-based player, this one, a defensive line, I mean, kind of Orlando, Kissimmee. I, I guess that's sort of like what Homestead is to Miami. <laughs> Kissimmee is right. to Orlando. Uh, defensive lineman Derek LeBlanc, seventh-ranked at his position, four-star player, um what can you tell me about this kid i do not know as much about him as i do about some of the others we talked about yeah if if reuben bain has visited miami the most among d linemen this year leblanc's probably second i think he's taken four or five visits on his own uh but there's a lot of players in this race Uh, he's certainly not a lock to any program uh the big in-state you know competitor with the florida gators involved um but it's interesting because i think Turning the corner from, you know, the end of the college football season into the spring recruiting period, big Gator vibes coming out of this kid. He had set the commitment date for July 23rd with some other Orlando area prospects, Peyton Kirkland among them, a big Miami target uh, in and of himself. Um, But he recently backed off. He recently said, look, I'm not committing that day. I need more time. Uh, So naturally, the school that was maybe the perceived favorite, in this case, Florida, you start to worry, right? You know, if you're a Gator fan, you're like, wait, I thought you were coming, I thought you were committing, like, why are you waiting? So the longer it goes on, the better Miami, Oklahoma, some of the other schools in the mix here start to feel uh, for Derek LeBlanc. He was banged up a little bit in the spring too. So I think that slowed down some of the out-of-state visits that he was going to take. Uh, so you understand him wanting to get out to those. Um, but look, anything that pushes against the Gator angle here, like pushing back uh, the verbal commitment date, I think is big news for Miami. Because like you said, we, we know there's there's a, a focus on South Florida, but the state is great too, right? You got to go into some of these other uh, metros and start pulling uh, top recruits out. And Orlando's is a battleground this cycle. There's really no other way to put it. There is that, that whole I-4 corridor, really, especially the eastern part, is is really, really talented in this 2023 cycle. And there's a lot of big name recruits uh, coming out of there that aren't all locks to UCF or, or Florida. You know, I think uh, other schools out of state are, are going to get involved. FSU is certainly going to come down and Miami's going to come up uh, to that region to, to start to try uh, to pull away talent. So yeah, that, that Orlando area scorecard when all is said and done will be fascinating because I think you'll see a huge mixture of 
uh, Canes, Gators, Seminoles, and and ex you know ex- exterior programs out of the state. You know, like Cedric Baxter ending up at Alabama wouldn't like shock anyone. Uh, so yeah, Orlando's an interesting battleground that you know probably deserves a little bit more conversation surrounding it. And LeBlanc is is one of those that you ask you ask one person on a Monday and they'll say one school, and the next day they'll say the other. So I do think as time goes on, you feel a little bit better about Miami's chances for sure. Got a couple more running back issues I want to get into here with John Garcia, who joins us, Director of Football Recruiting from Sports Illustrated. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts. You know, so, John, I want to ask you about a player who's already at Miami, but I know you covered him in the last recruiting cycle because we did our deep dive already this week on the running back position. Tell us your takeaways from the recruiting process of Travante Citizen, because this guy, I mean, be coming out of high school, 18 years old, he's already 217 pounds, built really, really well, was a two-way player in high school, played some linebacker as well, so I know he won't shy away from contact. Uh, what do you think he's going to add to Miami's backfield this season? Oh, man, he'll, he'll be the, the hammer. He'll be the power element that you need, right? I mean, this is – this is a program that is is used to using multiple running backs and using them well relative to their skill set. Uh, and Citizen brings like a, a mature physical demeanor uh, to the running back position. You know, I think you know, Cameron Harris was billed uh, compactly, broad-shouldered, hard to bring down once once you get past the first wave uh, of defensive linemen. And I think Citizen could be in that same realm. Uh, and this was this is why it was such a big deal for Miami to win this recruitment, you know, going into signing day, I'm sure you were talking about it. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a ton of Miami buzz. Miami was in there, but it wasn't like Canes fans. When this kid commits, everybody needs to be watching their television or in, or computer or phone, most likely because citizen might be a cane. You know, that, that was not something that at least, you know, came across my desk at that level. Um, so when he committed, I was like, Oh, okay. That, that's, that's not expected. You know, Florida felt really good going into signing day uh, as well. So I think that that brought more energy uh, to his commitment decision. I think he was the kid who like threw the hat down too, right? So yes, definitely, that was amazing. Yeah, I loved watching that. Right. Definitely fits the rivalry, the culture, all of those things. So kind of easy to root for from the Miami perspective, but on the field, no nonsense, downhill, physical back. Uh, and, and you mentioned the linebacker experience. I love that. I, if, if I'm taking a receiver, I want him to play DB or vice versa. Yeah. If I'm taking a running back, give me one with linebacker experience because it just creates that natural understanding of what your opponent wants to do. And the traits carry over from one to the other, right? You got to have great vision. You got to be reactive quickness and, and be able to, to change gears or, or redirect real quickly. That works for running backs and linebackers alike. So a kid who has that experience always gets a little bit more benefit of the doubt from my end, and, and Citizen is, is in that ballpark too. It's crazy. I have like 100 more names on a list that I wanted to talk to John about. We're going to have to continue <laughs> this. We talk every week. John Garcia joins us every week here on Locked on Kane. So we will continue the conversation next time around. I want to remind our listeners and our viewers on Friday's episode – We're going to go to another position preview. We're going to take a deep dive on the linebackers. I I allow, John, every now and then, especially in the summer, I allow our listeners to vote, like to choose their own adventure. And I ask them, do you want to hear about the tight ends or the linebackers? And they voted linebackers, which is more of a liability than tight ends. So that's cool, man, because I don't want to come on here every day and people think, this guy doesn't say anything negative. It's only positive. I think when you talk linebacker, there may be... 
maybe a couple few negatives there. But thank you so much as always. Everyone you want Twitter at John Garcia underscore junior. Check out his work in Sports Illustrated. John, thank you so much for taking the time and try to stay dry out there. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Always a pleasure, my friend. Appreciate it. Always. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA Big Board. Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Tulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and, of course, big boards. Follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow, talking linebackers, on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.